welcome to another edition of Bumper Sticker Faith. My name is Lewis. I got my brother Sam here. You wearing a yellow shirt, man. You in a yellow mood? <laughs> yeah, evidently I, I was in a yellow mood last episode as well. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang, why you ain't had to let the cat out the bag, man? Like, I'm in a red mood. Like, we used to be on top of that back in the day. Yeah. We actually swapped shirts out and stuff yeah, to did. make people think. We should have. No. Well, we, I couldn't wear your shirt, man. It, I'd be looking like I might not have a shirt on. So I know that's you was going, so don't do me yeah, like okay. that. <laughs> but anyway, man, we got a special uh, guest today. And I say yeah. special specifically because it's somebody that we both know, which we've mm-hmm. had special guests like that before. Mm-hmm. But, but. Maybe me knowing her is not as much as I know her husband, Brad, but man, it's, it's a special guest to me because I got a chance to spend about a, maybe a year and a half with him in a in a class that they had at the church mm-hmm. where they, they serve at. And so that's special to me. And to just get a chance to have a conversation with her about a book that she has coming out. So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on this episode today with our guest. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Weatherall is our guest today, and she is an author and a speaker and a mom. And I believe you advertise very first on one of your platforms that you're the wife of a pastor. That's right. I am married to Brad, who is a pastor. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a whole, you know, there's got to be some podcast episodes out there that talk about that. Okay. True story. Like Lewis and I in our uh, studio here one day, several, several months ago, we were thinking about guests. We thought, well, we'd like to have Kristen Weatherall on. And and then one of us said, well, what about like um, Carrie Olson, you know, Tom's wife? Mm. And and we joked, we, we said to each other, it would be great if they could come on and talk talk about being a pastor's wife. And then we thought Hilarious. they would never <laughs> do that in a thousand years. And as it turns out, I guess a thousand years are up. <laughs> and uh, they do have a podcast. They teamed up with the Gospel Coalition in a, a series of 10 videos with Kristen wow. and Carrie talking with other pastor's wives. It's called Front Row Seat, and they that's talk right. about the experience of being a pastor's wife. That's dope. I know. It's amazing. Man, look, it it's is amazing. needed. It is yeah. needed, 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 mm-hmm. needed. I can't say needed enough. So mm. I'm jealous that we weren't the ones that did it, but, <laughs> but honestly... We probably couldn't have did it justice. Yeah, we would have screwed it Especially up. Especially <laughs> like with the if they did ten videos, that stuff was legitly, yeah. legitly yeah. done compared yeah. to our little bootleg yeah. studio. But hey, it's good that that is out there. I want to check that out, and more importantly, I got some folks I want to send it to. You know, that need to check it out. So, man, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Oh, that was a joy. Carrie and I have been, you know, kind of friends from afar at different campuses of our church for years. And she and Tom mentored us as we were preparing mm. to get married. And then Tom officiated our wedding. So we, you know, mm. 10 oh, years wow. we go back in that way. Yeah. Anyway, she and I are um, just dear friends. And we've we've gotten together at Pastor's Wives Gatherings within our church and have said, wouldn't it be so fun to do something together to encourage Pastor's Wives? And yeah, that was, that was the fruit of it. Mm. So wow. God's been really really good in that way. Yeah. I think, you know, I was just alluding to a moment ago about me sending it to people that really need to need to hear it. And I was thinking about women, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden it just struck me like mm. I need to listen to and watch all of that mm-hmm. because that can give mm-hmm. me some insight of what it would look like. I mean, I'm not a pastor, but I mean, I'm helping lead a, a Christian nonprofit. So, I mean, I don't have a church I lead, but I got people all over different places mm-hmm. that I'm doing similar things with so it'll you know it's it's very similar so i need to watch and so where can i access that at 
Yeah, the gospelcoalition.org slash front row seat. The series gotcha. is called Front Row Seat gotcha. because okay. that's where we typically sit mm-hmm. as pastor's wives. So you can access it there. Oh, wow. Okay, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, yeah. Sam. I didn't know that. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, but Kristen's okay. an author too. And her, her first book was uh, Hope When It Hurts. And that was like, I think, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've had a few more books since then. Uh, Humble Moms was one. Um, and But then... And there's another, but the most recent one, <laughs> I said that, yeah, I'm not very good sometimes. No, I got to laugh because, <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to mention this, but I'm going to mention it. Okay. One of, the, one of the things that Sam talked about, maybe we could have you on the show and talk about was your book about moms. And I was like, Sam, oh. like, we don't know nothing about being a mom. Like, like I'm sure it's great, but what we, what we going to talk about? Like, I thought it'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it would be, yeah. but I just appreciate thought, that, Sam. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> you, you know, just like you would send a, a video podcast to someone who's not a pastor's wife, you know, and it could be helpful. Uh, or non moms could still benefit. Yeah, and I guess I didn't have that yeah. thought, but it's definitely true. And I'm not even a dad, so like it really was like even farly <laughs> removed from me. But there's definitely got to be some good stuff there. But I just thought that was mm-hmm. funny. And I wanted to share that funny because so, I like to laugh. Today, so. though, <laughs> we are talking about your latest book, which is going to be released at the end of August, and it's called Help for the Hungry Soul. Mm. And the subtitle is, um, actually, I don't know the subtitle. What is the subtitle? I would be happy to, to share the subtitle with the listeners. I, yeah. Okay. Eight Encouragements to Grow Your Appetite That's for God's right. Word. Yeah. Mm, eight Encouragements. We keep talking about appetite. Mm-hmm. I started a diet. And I'm about ready to eat my hand right now. Oh, so no. anyway, it'll be it'll be all right. I, I, if you see me nibbling a little bit, maybe like say Louis, stop. But so eight encouragements to help us, and right. I I'm excited for it. It comes out again at the end of August, and um, as we talk about it uh, today on the podcast, um, I guess first question is, uh, what why this book? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well. Last or whenever I started writing it, I think it was close to a year ago, mm-hmm. I was sitting down with my husband and I had been praying, you know, about the next project and just asking God what, what that was. And, um, in this season of my life, I have three, three young kids, you know, I don't have a lot of time to write. So I'm just wanting to just be really faithful with that time and steward it well and prioritize them. Um, so I was just praying about what that should be. And, and Brad, Brad looked at me, my husband looked at me and said, well, what do you want to write about? And I said, without even thinking, I just want the Bible. Hmm. I just want to write about the Bible. And in a sense, I've always written about the Bible because I want to draw out of the Bible mm-hmm. whatever theme is that I'm writing about. But I really wanted to write specifically about the Bible um, and not the how-to, not the how to read your Bible, how to study your Bible. Hmm. There are manifold resources on on that. Um, but the the heart behind it, the why it had struck me when I was reading um, the end of Luke's gospel in Luke 24, when the disciples are on the road to Emmaus and Jesus appears to them. And why do they say that their hearts were burning within them? It was because Jesus had opened to them the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so I had this phrase in my head, burning hearts, like, oh, if our hearts would just, if my heart would just burn for scripture mm-hmm. like that. And so that's that's kind of the one side of it. The other side of it was um, the need that 
I had been noticing around our church, particularly in our small group, I'm in a small group of uh, moms of young kids. So Mm -hmm. same life stage as myself Um, and around the church and just interacting with other churches, even um, based on, you know, the books and stuff. I was just hearing so much um, uh, guilt Hmm. and shame over over people feeling like they had failed in this pursuit. And I'm sure in connection to that, a lack of desire Mm -hmm. and then guilt and shame about the lack of desire. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a personal burden because I have been there so many times, you know, you go through seasons of dryness where you just feel like, okay, I know that I I'm supposed to be in the word, but I don't feel like being in the word right now. So what am Mm. I supposed to do with that? Is it legalistic of me to Mm -hmm. keep coming if I don't feel like it? Mm. So I I wanted to kind of address the heart um, behind these, these feelings of guilt and shame, the discouragement that Christians so often feel in this area, as we do many of the disciplines, prayer, um, even, you know, involvement with our churches, um, just to kind of address that and a book that had opened my eyes amazingly years back was John Piper's book, reading the Bible supernaturally. Mm. Um, I've been reading my Bible for a very long time. And that book, it was, it was almost like in a sense, some scales like fell from my eyes. Mm -hmm. I just think I understood better what was happening when I was opening this divine book. And so a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know won't read John Piper. So I was like, well, I'm going to write a book in a similar vein, Lord willing, and um, give them something that is maybe a bit more accessible and that will help them to grow in their appetite. So you're answering more of the why question rather than, like you said, like how, the how question of how to do it. Like, are you really motivating more? Like, here are the reasons why? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the subtitle uses the word encouragements, and that really is what I wanted to do. I'm not there to beat people on the head with, Mm -hmm. here's what you should be doing. I want to open the word and based on what God says there and what I see there, um, you know, hopefully Lord willing, woo them, (laughs) woo them to the word, encourage them to get in the word because that's what God does. He invites us to, to feast on him and to be satisfied by him. And that's what we were made for because we're hungry for him. Mm -hmm. That's how he made us. Amen. Amen. So I guess, so there's eight encouragements. So because yeah. the book isn't out normally, I'll say Sam is a <laughs> a great brother where he'll read books and he like to read and I do too, but I'm a little different than Sam, only a little bit, but you don't normally, he would have read the book, but the book's not out yet. So yeah. for us to have really looked into and have questions about what these eight encouragements are, you get a chance to put it out there and break it on down for us today. So excellent. So if you're willing excellent. to share what those eight are like, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to just give the brief rundown. And then if y'all just want to, you know, ask whatever questions yeah, you would like about these, I'd Any of we them can that, dig into it more. Yeah. Yeah. So the first encouragement is know your hungry heart. In order to know how you're going to get to where you're going, you have to know where you are first. Mm. Um, The second encouragement is to plead with God for a holy hunger, because that's a supernatural miracle that only he can do in the heart. The third is don't miss Jesus, which Mm. for me personally, I can do all the time when I open scripture. So can you, so before you, sorry, before you go to the fourth one, like, 
Yeah. I, I wouldn't write anything down, so I'm probably not going to remember all of them. Um, the the one you just said, which what was it? Don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. No, this is where I really draw out um, Luke 24, because it's it's really striking in that story with the disciples. Um, they're talking with Jesus. They don't realize that it's him. Um, it could possibly be, uh, you know, that he's in his glorified body. So maybe they don't totally recognize mm -hmm. him. But I think a lot of it is spiritual. I think a lot of it is unbelief. Because Jesus mm. says that they are slow of heart to believe as he's talking with them. He calls them foolish ones. Mm. Um, and so the chapter really deals with some, some different ways that we can come to scripture and miss the whole point of scripture, which is to see and encounter the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Um, mm. And I love too that in the account, when Jesus is talking to the men, um, they're going over all the things that have happened to him. Mm -hmm. You know, how, they say, how do you not know the things that have gone on in these days? And so they're going over all this information. And how often do we do that? Like we come to the word and we read it as information. We know a lot about God. We know a lot mm. about Jesus, but we don't know him. We don't, mm. we miss his heart. Um, and he doesn't just want our attention when we come to scripture. He wants our affection. He mm. wants our worship. So that's what that chapter is about. And I mean, I wrote it with my hand raised the whole time because mm. that is my temptation is to come to scripture for a number of other reasons. It feels real nice to check off that box on my mm. Bible reading plan, you know? Yeah, no, that's, um, that's great. I mean, mm. I haven't heard the rest of them yet, but I'm going to say that's probably going to be the number one one for me because I know probably for the past... Man, seven, eight years. Yeah, about seven, eight years, maybe a little bit longer, just because of, you know, being in different contexts and doing Bible studies and and always mm -hmm. doing it. Like my mind has almost been trained to when I read the Bible, it's like being in Bible study preparation mode, you know, or mm -hmm. like preach yeah. or preaching mode. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I have to be so intentional to like, like try to get that thinking out of my head and just strictly focus on what is this meal for me? What is the meal for mm -hmm. me right now? And let it just be for me. It's not to think about mm -hmm. historical context, think about words, think about parallel verses, like get that out of my mind. Let me just read it for what it is. And let me just sit back and meditate and think on that. And so just recently what I started doing is, reading it out loud to myself because oh, when I, cool. when I read it versus when I listen to it, I get, I get different stuff mm -hmm. stands out. And so my, my wife came home the other day and I was in the house and I was just reading the Bible. She's like, what are you doing? Are you mm -hmm. talking to somebody? I'm like, I'm just reading the Bible out loud. And I'm like, I just, I, I, I know I hear different things than what I read. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's a new practice of mine that, I mean, I, mm -hmm. it's not like a, uh, it's not what I do all the time now. Cause I don't remember all the time, but it's something I wanted to be a, a practice mm -hmm. for me to add to that. And so, man, I appreciate you saying it. Cause I think we can just miss a lot, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't mm -hmm. penetrate our heart. It just stays in our head and it can become so, at least for me, robotic of just doing it. Like you said, to check off a box and, but it really hasn't translated to how do I mm -hmm. apply this to my life? How do I live this mm -hmm. out? So yeah. thank you for that. And I, and I think, oh, of course. And I think you're spot on, Lewis, in talking about um, 
the specific temptation that uh, ministry leaders face because you're in the word so often mm -hmm. that it can almost become overly familiar. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, um, I don't know. I, I've just, I've gone through seasons where my heart feels dull to the word. Mm -hmm. Yep. I can, I like I'm how you put so that. Often. Yeah, yeah. And I, and even for me, like I have to always like challenge myself because it could be easy when you're reading a bunch of stuff and like you're learning and you may be learning, but you not, might not be growing. That's one thing I discovered. Mm -hmm. You can learn and not grow. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, I could start to get a little um, judgmental or a little mm -hmm. puffed up because of me thinking highly about myself because how much time I'm reading or what I'm doing. So I have to constantly, like, keep myself in check. So that, that could create mm -hmm. a monster in me, at least. I don't mm -hmm. know about other people, but it definitely can easily happen. That's that's yeah. my testimony to a, mm. to a T. I actually, mm. in this going off this uh, third one, um, I was a, such a great Bible reader and <laughs> really mm. prided myself on it. Like every every year for a decade or so, reading through the Bible every year, sometimes mm. more than once. Wow. You know, it was very easy for me to keep keep the Bible reading schedule. Feel very proud, honestly, for doing so. Uh, reading it, like you said, for teaching or for writing or, or whatever. And then when uh, I found myself, such a passive statement, when I found myself in therapy, mm. uh, one of the things that they told me to do was stop reading. Mm. And I was like, it was so counterintuitive mm. to me that they, but, but they recognized that what I was, what I was doing, I was totally going about it the wrong way. I, I wasn't in it, like you said, for the love of Jesus, really. But it was for all these other mm -hmm. things, and and my head was so puffed up in that, and so part of my story and journey has been actually to take a step back from that kind mm -hmm. of mechanical mm -hmm. going through it in order to discover God's heart and to read it and absorb mm -hmm. it in a different way. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. important. Very important. It's very important, and I think our culture. You know, we'll probably get into this a little bit more because it's mm -hmm. in tune with one of the other encouragements. But our our culture has defined um, the right way, in quotes, the right way to read the Bible as this idea of quiet time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is quiet. Is it ever really quiet? Mm -hmm. No, especially if you have like kids. Um, you know, you're in solitude, you're studying the word deeply, you have, you have all this time to pray. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think that that can affect our idea of what it should mm -hmm. be when it, in reality, there is no command in scripture about having a daily quiet time. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that. Mm, wow. And the, and that way you outlined it, but keep going. Yeah, no, that was my point. We can like, talk more about that. Well, but. like I pointed this out in a men's group, uh, within the past year that his guys are just so beating themselves up for you know, not reading. And that's like their main prayer request. Help me read more and all. And I just said, said I was probably hungry or tired or something, but I said, don't you realize that most people throughout uh, the centuries never read the Bible? It's only us very recently. They didn't have them. They didn't even they have, didn't have a copies. Bible. That's right. They That's would right. they would listen to it maybe once in a, well once a week at church. You know that was it for mm -hmm. most people throughout the ages. Like so so it can't only look one way, like you said. That's right. And no, we you're need spot to on. discover the benefit. Like, can you imagine? Growing up in a world where you don't have the Bible because it's not 
there's no printing press or they're really expensive. But yet you're a Christian and you have this hungry heart that you talk about and it wants more of God's word. How, how, how would that change the way you go to church on Sunday? Oh, like, wow. man, I'd be like a thirsty be clinging to every word. Yeah. Thirsty guy coming. Just speak it to me. I yeah, want to hear it. Yeah. Open up, you know, yeah. it, it would mm. totally transform or how we go to our, you know, we have these weekly Bible studies and sometimes we dread them or whatever. But can you imagine if you didn't have the Bible, mm-hmm. those things would be like, like I said, like an oasis. So, for you. so could the phrase less is more be more applicable yeah, in today's be. time? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. not to be like, and like, so yeah, we're not anti yeah. the Bible, no. we're not anti studying, anti praying, anti Bible study, but that picture you painted about how it would be like going to church every week, you'd be like a, a, a starving like animal, mm-hmm. you know, seeing a piece of meat, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And hanging on every word is like, soon as you leave, you can't wait till that same time mm-hmm. the next week. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. how can we starve ourselves or learn to trick ourselves into being starved for God's word so that we really like just mm-hmm. tear it up? You know, meaning like we just shred it up and just put it in us so we can digest it and then we can get all the nutrients, so to speak, out of it. Well, Martin Luther and and, and during his time in the 1500s, his, his people were facing this with the threat of the Muslims, as he said, coming in, invading and taking them off. So at like any moment, Germany could be overrun and the people could suddenly find themselves in a Muslim culture. And so part of the reason why he wrote his, uh, his catechisms to the people was he wanted to prepare them for that because not everyone mm. could read. Not everyone had the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so he That's wanted right. to create these simple question and answers based on the Apostles' Creed, based on the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments, that were they taken off, were they denied of Scripture, were, did, if some other power took over, they would have a way of surviving with these these short, small, bite-sized mm. uh, things. And, yeah, what will it take for us to get there? You know, that's not fun to think about. Well, that's about, why but... Kristen wrote about it. That's So right. we can learn how to get that hunger. So, so you're the expert. All yeah. our eggs are in your basket, number, so number don't four. fail us. Let's go to the next no. one. No, this is uh, truly the perfect segue into the fourth encouragement. The chapter is called Remember the Privilege. Because a Bible mm. back in the day would cost a year's worth of wages. Hmm. So after Gutenberg's printing press wow. made printed materials available to the common people. Wow. Um, I mean, can you imagine that? Now we go to the hotel and there's just a Bible in the nightstand yeah, yeah. for free, or you access it on your phone for free. Yeah. And so I think wow. a bit a big part of our of our challenge is um our over familiarity over familiarity with the Bible, our boredom with the Bible, mm-hmm. because we've forgotten what a precious gift it yeah, is from precious. God. Just it's let me precious. pause for a wow. second so people can let that sink in. A year's worth of wages. Think about what mm-hmm. you make in a year. Mm. Would you spend that much mm. on your Bible? That's mm. a great question. Let it wow. sink in, people. Yeah, it's funny that you say this because we just our last episode we were interviewing a guy. We got to <clears throat> we're talking about the chosen, and I was asking about like the the liberty, creative liberty that's used in all sorts of shows and movies that are supposed to depict Jesus or the Bible or the characters of the Bible, and they use that liberty to add stuff that's not biblical just to kind of. 
like fill a void or fill a gap per se. And so in the vein of what we're talking about, the privilege, like if we really understood the privilege that we had of even having the Bible, like mm. we would need nothing else. Right. It's like if I can get all my pro, if I can get everything I need to to grow and sustain myself out of a ribeye, man, I ain't eating nothing else for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, so if the if the Bible has all that I need to achieve a walk in relationship and godliness, I don't need nothing else mm-hmm. added to it. Like, mm-hmm. is it not right. enough? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's more than enough. Yeah, I mean it's it's a yeah. big tomahawk that I can't even mm-hmm. in a lifetime get through. That tomahawk steak that is, yeah, which yeah. I've never yeah. had one. That's on my bucket list. So that's right, Christian. That's a great yeah. one. That's a great one. Mm, the privilege. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it is a privilege. And then this also relates to what we were just talking about. But the fifth encouragement is to feast with your church, mm. because um, I think another issue facing American Christianity, at least, is kind of the dechurching of America. We're a very individualistic. Mm-hmm culture. And so it's me and Jesus and that's Mm, enough. That's mm -hmm. fine. And so it's me and my quiet time and that's enough. But when you think about what the Bible actually is, it is overarchingly God addressing his his gathered people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Moses is addressing the, the law to the gathered people of God. The prophets are warning God's chosen people. Mm Um, the New Testament is written for the early church. Mm-hmm. This is a book for God's people when they're gathered. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we always talk about in our small group is when one of us is feeling guilty about, you know, not having the quiet time that we would have liked that week or that day or whatever. Um, we just look, we just look at each other and we go, and what are you doing right yeah, now? Exactly. <laughs> because we're opening the word together. Yeah. And that sister was in the worship center on Sunday, singing the word Mm -hmm. and praying the word and receiving the preached word Mm -hmm. and hearing it read, you know, it's just, you are being nourished. You are feasting with your church. And that's actually our main spiritual meal. It's actually not the me and Jesus time that I'm doing every single day. My main meal is with my church family because that's what the Bible was, was written for. That's a, I've run into that a lot over the years <clears throat> as I would be just doing some, you know, evangelism. I'm out somewhere in a store or I used to work for a coffee company and I'd be hocking coffee in some, you know, grocery store somewhere. And, you know, I'd just say, hey, you know, you believe in God or, you know, ask somebody like this. Say, oh, I'm spiritual. And I'd be like, oh, wow, I really like, well, like, what does that mean? I don't really understand that. You know, and it's, I got a relationship with God and this is what we do, and this is how our relationship looks. And some people say I'm a Christian, but I don't. I say, oh, what church you go to? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't go to church. I'm I don't mess with church. All those hypocrites. <laughs> I'm laughing in my mind. I want to say, like, aren't we all? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like none of us can live out the Bible perfectly, right? So just because 
if the Bible says don't do this particular sin and I have a problem with it, should I not share what the Bible says with other people? I mean, I shouldn't share mm-hmm. it as if I don't have the problem. But if I got if I got nine out of ten commandments like wrong, then I just share that one with you. I don't want to share the other nine because I got a I got an issue. Like, no, like we all got problems with sin in our lives, and, and the, the church is full of sinners. Maybe not necessarily all hypocrites, but definitely there's gonna be hypocrites there. But like we're all needing to be together to do just what you said, to pray the word, hear the word, sing the word, hear the word preached to us. We need that. And the right. more people you surround yourself with, the better the chance that there'll be um, someone among them who is bold enough to point out sins or issues that you have or character flaws. That's or what defects. the word says. If you see a brother in that, sin, yeah, that's right. Like we should, like, like it's, it's kind of like when if, we put ourselves in the place where we're around other people, oh, we need that. We yeah, but that's that's a whole other topic, we right? Because we can't get it if we're not around. That's people. right. But right. even when we're around people, we don't get it. Well, I mean, when's the last time you had somebody pull up on you? Oh, last week. Oh, well, shoot. <laughs> oh, what, that's a gift. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, have it, I have it weekly. Either you real bad or you got some loving brothers. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. But it's like if a person has something in their yeah. teeth, right? Yeah. And you walking around all day and, and at 8 o'clock at night, you're at home with your wife and you got, I don't want to say like it's your wife's fault, but you've been out all day and your wife goes, you got something in your teeth. And it's like, I've been at three or four meetings. I've been around these 20 people and not one person mm-hmm. told me I had something in my teeth. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yep. not love. That's not lo- love. Okay. is to say, hey, hey, you, you know, mm-hmm. or you touch your nose like, oh, wow, oh thank you. Like, <laughs> like, I'm appreciative of these things. Like, that's even something that we have to change. Again, that's a whole other topic. So we we'll had to spend time on that. But. Mm-hmm. But that's another function of the reason why we should mm-hmm. gather mm-hmm. so that we can yeah. like be sharpening each other and mm-hmm. helping each other grow. That's right. Yeah. The word acts as, as acts as a shining light. Right. Mm-hmm. And it points out our dark places and, and, it, and the Lord can do that if we're by ourselves in our living room. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is there, but there is a beauty about the gathered church and us walking side by side. And I love how you reminded the person in your small group, what do you think you're doing now at the small group, studying the Bible or the person who goes to church? Like you're getting the word, like it's important. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 Um, And yet encouragement six, we still want to feed our souls creatively during the week, Mm -hmm. during the week. Right. So the church service is, is meant to stir our hunger so that we're hungry during the week. Um, I, I think I say in the chapter, this is not your excuse to stop reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, rather, the hope is that when we're nourished with our church family, it stirs our hunger for more, for more of the Lord Jesus and walking with him by his spirit throughout the week. And how do we do that? We open the word, right? Um, but that chapter, the heart behind that chapter is to free people from kind of that restrictive idea of quiet time, which is great. If you can have that, um, go for it. I'm all for that myself. That's my favorite time, you know, with the Lord is when it's when it is quiet and when I'm I, when I am alone. But um, it doesn't negate the importance of getting in the Word, however and whenever mm-hmm. you possibly can. Um, whether you're eating kind of a more full, well-rounded meal, going into you know in-depth study and having all that time and space, or you're just kind of snacking, um, snacking will sustain you for a time, and so you should take the snack. You know, you should take whatever you can get. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I never, 
some of you guys said earlier just kind of blew me away a little bit. And it's something I want to chew on a little bit more later is like what you said, Sam, like they didn't even have Bibles at some point. So this whole mm-hmm. concept that's been created, and I don't know if it's an America thing or if it's just a the day and age thing, but there is a sense of like, it's like that verse in First Thessalonians, Thessalonians that says, pray without ceasing. It's like, what does that, does that mean? Like, as soon as I wake up in the morning mm-hmm. to the time I go to sleep, I need to be in literally in prayer, you know, and there's a sense that, you know, from some circles I've been in about the same thing mm-hmm. with the word of God, like you always need to have your nose in it. And then out of duty or conviction or whatever you want to call it, like you start doing it, but it becomes dry and lifeless. So it's free. It's not like we're saying, don't read the Bible. Don't like mark out time in your life to get in it, but like be free when you do it and find Mm -hmm. a freeing place. Like a lot of people say they like nature. I'm not really a nature person. You know, I like to be in a crowded room with a full of people, Mm -hmm. like in a mall Mm -hmm. with my Bible open and reading. And just because in prison is where I developed all my study habits and reading time. So it's always like noisy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I need noise to help me concentrate. Whereas a lot of people, that would be a distraction Mm -hmm. for them. That helps me concentrate and focus by having a bunch of stuff going on Mm -hmm. and loud noise around me. So mm-hmm. whatever whatever place you pick or time you pick, like the point is like have a joy, have a hunger, have a desire to say, hey, I want to go snack, mm-hmm. you know, or like I want a little more than a snack. I want a meal right now. So let me let me designate some time to where I can actually sit down and like read a couple chapters or maybe a whole epistle or something like that. And it's a mm-hmm. way of proving to yourself and of what what you value the most. Like you're, you're prioritizing it, right? Mm. You're putting it at, at, at the top. So like if every day I walk outside and there's a guy standing outside my house, I don't know why I'm thinking of this illustration, but I hand, but, Call then, the police. but then I hand him five mm-hmm. bucks, you know, that guy must be pretty important. I'm prioritizing my money, you know, to that guy in the same way. If you, if you start your day off in God's word, even if you don't feel like it or, or, or whatever, you're still mm-hmm. proving to yourself that this is important. And on principle, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to do that. But like I've discovered in the last several years that um, listening to the Bible is mm. a great way to do it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, my, my schedule that I have to keep, uh, I'm awake at 4 a.m. and have to go straight to work. And, you know, I'm not going to get up any earlier to uh, open a book and, and try to sit and read. Mm-hmm. It's just... I'm not there yet, but what I will do is I'll listen to the Bible, you know, as I, as I, as I begin. Uh, but the point too, for me is to prioritize that, to make it a point to myself before I, or as I do everything else, I'm, I'm still listening. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, and, and God works through listening, through hearing the word of God, mm-hmm. right? Romans 10. Yeah, yeah. I can't do the listen thing. I get, it's funny. Like I can read and be distracted and I'm fine, but I can't listen and have stuff go on because then I'm like, so it's kind of crazy. It's I'm just weird. opening it up for, you know, to generate different ideas uh, for people. And yeah. I'm not saying that this is oh, yeah, Kristen's yeah. point of view, but yeah. as for me, I'm, uh, I value uh, listening uh, almost as no, much. I as think reading. however, however you can get the word of God into your yeah. mind and heart is good. Yeah. <laughs> and we shouldn't toss it out just because it's not that one quote unquote right way. Yeah. Mm, that is yeah. good. Yeah. So the final two encouragements, tell me if you want to talk about either of these. The seventh is trust God's nourishing work. So this one is 
uh, addressing the discouragement that we often feel when it doesn't seem like God's word is doing anything. Hmm. When we're walking through seasons of dryness. Um, when we just keep sinning in that way that <laughs> we feel like we don't want to anymore. Um, and then that eighth encouragement is to embrace your hunger because God's word is for the wilderness. It's for the times when we are the most hungry, which is right now. Um, and he gives us his word until we, until we see the word face to face. And so we actually want to embrace our hunger. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, definitely embracing the hunger. So, so what would you say to a person that says, Hey, I, I do have a hunger and desire for the word of God, but mm-hmm. I can't get over the hump. Like, yeah, you know, like not just life is busy, but for some reason there's like a disconnect between what I feel in my heart, but what's going on in my head. Like, mm-hmm. what would you say to a person that may be like that? Yeah. I think that the first thing I would say is I've been there and me too. Mm. Um, totally have been there. There was a season just a couple of years back. It was just a really hard season for our family. The kids were sick for, I'm telling you like five months straight. It was just crazy. Mm. It was the dead of winter. So it's gray. It just kind of feels depressive mm. anyway. And we're home a lot cause we're sick. So we weren't going to church. Um, and on top of that, I had, we had miscarried our second baby. So there was like an mm. element of suffering Sorry. as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But I just felt like a heavy cloud was looming over me Mm. and like the joy of my salvation was just not there anymore. (laughs) Um, and so I didn't know what to do. I felt so discouraged. I did not feel like going to the word and yet I knew that I needed to. So if that's you, if that's the person who's listening, or if that resonates with you in any way, um, I have been there and I, my encouragement would be to, you know, by God's grace and, and with other people's help within your church, assess where you're at. Cause I, I think that we do need to talk about where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, we can't get to where we're going until we know where we are. So, um, where are you right now? It may not be a depressive season like I was in. Um, but what are, what are the hindrances that are keeping you from it? Mm-hmm. Identify them. Cause if you don't know what they are, you can't fight them. Yeah, that's good. Um, what are the hindrances? What are the habits or, you know, lack of good habits or bad habits that are, that are keeping you that are hindering mm-hmm. you from, from opening your Bible. I think that we can do kind of an assessment and ask others who know you really well too. Um, you, you guys mentioned the importance of honest Christian community. We need that. Whether it's a spouse or somebody in your church in that season, I took everything to my husband, Brad, and then to my group of women. And I just said, I, there are days when I feel like I can't even pray for myself. Mm. And so I need you to, you know, kind of be my Jethro and like, hold up my arms. I need you to pray for me. Um, and I was feeling, you know, some kind of shame and sharing, especially being a pastor's wife. Like, is this going to weird them out that I'm in this, that I'm in this place? And it didn't, they were so encouraged that Mm -hmm. I shared that because they had all been there in their own way. And they were able to read scripture to me and pray for me. And, um, so I would say, you know, get to a place of assessment, surround yourself with, with your people, 
Um, I think discerning between that true and that false guilt is really helpful. It's not always easy to do, but I think with prayer, you know, we can ask God for the wisdom to see is what I'm dealing with. Is it true guilt? Have I just been putting this off and desiring other things and not you, Lord, then please convict me of that. I need to see that and then change my heart. Or is this false guilt? Am I thinking it has to be this ideal? And because I'm not living in that ideal world, Mm. I just feel bad when in fact I'm, you know, feeding on your word in other ways. Mm -hmm. So I think discerning between true and false guilt is really helpful. Um, That's really helpful. And then just, yeah. yeah, And then just getting creative um, and clinging to the word of God, no matter what you're feeling. Mm. So you can get creative with that. There are a million ways that you can do that, but there is an element of obedience here because if Jesus is really our life, then he deserves our devotion. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not wrong to keep coming even when you don't feel it, because generally speaking, the feeling will come, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, man, that's great stuff. I mean, <laughs> that's almost like we can just drop the mic and just... <laughs> Just like stop right here, man, because that was that was some jewels right there. You dropped some jewels. What are some of your favorite uh, scripture passages? Are you really asking me that question yeah. right now? Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh man. Let me. I go. mean, I just love I just love the entire book of Isaiah. Okay. Every time my Bible reading plan brings me to Isaiah, I just get giddy inside. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and. I love it because, you know, we're talking about hunger right now. So we're made to hunger for God. Well, Isaiah is talking about glory, the glory of the Lord Mm -hmm. and how we're made for God's glory and that we're actually made to share in his glory, Mm -hmm. which is like mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I just love that book because I am so often seeking glory in other places. And, um, I'm like a little glory thief. I just love to try and like steal that from the Lord and dim his glory and just not see it. Mm. But Isaiah won't let me do that. You know, I just, I just love that. Um, so I love the whole book of Isaiah. And, and if I mean, this is a really hard question, guys. My favorite passages. <laughs> Isaiah 43 like, I mean, is one of my favorite passages. Mm, Isaiah so 43. Good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Isaiah 43, um, Isaiah, let me find this really quick. I mean, obviously, Isaiah 53, talking about the coming Savior. Mm. That's awesome. Um, Isaiah 55 is actually a bit of what I wrote the book about, but the compassion of the Lord. So his invitation, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come by and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. And then he says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. Hmm. I mean, that's the invitation from God. I want you to live. Mm. And how do you do that is you listen. Um, so is that's that, one of my favorites too. I was going to ask why we should treasure God's word. Cause I mm-hmm. hear you using that language, but is that, 
a reason why, 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 so that we can live because it's, because it's good for us. Well, yeah. So I think to, you know, to treasure something is to recognize that, um, that it's a precious and undeserved gift. We've talked about it being a privilege, Mm -hmm. right? But when you think about, when you think about what a treasure is, you don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Um, it comes as, it comes to you as a discovery, right? As a gift, Mm -hmm. you stumble upon a treasure or, or something like that. Brad recently read about a couple who had lived in their home for 10 years and they started construction on their kitchen floor and they found gold coins that were worth $800,000. Like they had a treasure underneath them and they had no idea. So a treasure is a gift that we don't deserve. Um, We continue to discover its riches. So we have the unsearchable riches of of Christ in this book. Um, And so what do we do is we value it, we protect it, we hold it fast, we cling to it. We don't discard a treasure. You hold on to it. Definitely not unless you're not in your right mind. What would you say if there is one, a book in the Bible that's challenged you the most? Could be any reason why, but Hmm. one that's challenged you the most. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's typically, it's typically whatever I'm like currently reading. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been in first and second Peter in the last few weeks. And, um, so it could be challenged understanding. It could be challenged. Like it's speaking to you with some things that you need to get right. That's a different way of mm -hmm. challenging, you know? Yeah. What what do you think, Lewis? I would say for me, I mean, my expectation that everybody would say revelations. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a challenging Mm -hmm. book. And I'm thinking speaking from a understanding standpoint, challenging. I was thinking of Daniel for the same reasons. Yeah. I've I've done Daniel quite a bit. So that that's on the list, but that's not number one. Yeah. But like Mm -hmm. then a book that challenged me personally Mm -hmm. would be James, which is my, which is my favorite book because it challenges me the most out of any book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you got like, I was just looking at like first Chronicles this morning. I'm like, that's a challenge. Like the (laughs) first, Like all the first Chronicles <laughs> is a chest. Second yeah. Chronicles gets kind of cool. You know, it gets into some narrative, but a lot of names, a lot of names, begats and that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a different type sure. of challenge. For yeah. sure. No, I, I would say minor connected. So a challenging book to read for me lately in my plan has been Jeremiah. Okay. Mm. I just said to Brad this morning, I was like, oh, there's more judgment. Mm more judgment <laughs> there it comes again there's more judgment <laughs> like you said oh well and it just I keeps coming but then i'm also you know reading first and second peter and, and peter says what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of god mm. so god's judgment can be a fearful thing like terror fear as it was during Jeremiah's time, or it can be a fearful thing like reverence fear. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want, I want to honor you, Lord. And so that's been, it's been challenging for me to read that, but also personally challenging because mm-hmm. what sort of life ought I to live? Holiness, godliness, you know, mm-hmm. I thought of an example about judgment that, um, I don't know, try this out on you guys, but like when you watch these, um, I don't know if they're called reality shows, but uh, I was watching, I was watching a, a British baking show, okay, a number of years ago, and it occurred to me 
My favorite part about every episode of this British baking show was the end when the judges would come and judge everyone. Like I always liked the judgment part the best because mm. you'd get to learn mm. who who was who right, who did things well. You mm. get to learn what they are. You get to see the joy mm. and who got to stay in. It was just <laughs> the who got kicked out. But the judgment was by far the best part of the show. And the whole show knew that too because it would climax musically, yeah, yeah. thematically towards that point. Yeah. Yep. And so learning to see God's judgment like that if um if you've baked a good cake, <laughs> judgment should be your favorite part, mm-hmm. right? Yep. If you mm-hmm. haven't, if you've cheated about the ingredients or the way you did it, then yeah, judgment judgment is fearful. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, believers, if they're in Christ and in Christ has baked our cake for us, really submitted it on our behalf, then we we have nothing to fear and judgment. We can look forward to that. But if that's right, if we're living off our own self righteousness. And our own offering, then yeah, it could be could be mm. pretty fearful. I like that. That's mm-hmm. my my judgment story. Mm. That's a good illustration. Yeah. So so ma- it sounds like it's gonna be a great book. So I'm gonna ask a question that you may or may not know the answer to. What's the next mm. book? Oh, <laughs> that is a great question. Well, again, another one that I'm not sure would be quite the right fit for y'all's show. But I'm actually working right now on a um, a devotional for for young girls, preteen girls. Mm. I had written a picture book on beauty, on true beauty That's for my really daughter. Important. She's five. And um, the publisher said, we really like this poem, but we think it's maybe a bit abstract for youngins. What if we turn it into a devotional for older girls? And yeah, I mean, it's something that I have struggled with that I still struggle with that I think every woman struggles with. And mm. um, I'm just so honored and thrilled that I get to open God's word and teach a little bit these girls who, you know, will struggle with this. What does it mean to actually be beautiful? So the working title is What Makes You Beautiful. Okay. Um, so I'm working on that right now. And then I also have a collection of board books for young ones that come out in September. Um, and those will be those will be just super cute and fun. The illustrations, the gal who did it um, just did a wonderful job, but it's teaching children the doctrines of the faith in a playful way. Um, there's a fun little lift the flap with a mirror at the back, hmm. which my son always favored those books, the ones mm-hmm. where he could peek behind the mm-hmm. flaps. So I'm hoping that they will nourish the kids, but also their their caregivers, their parents, um, and also be a book that the kids actually want to read. <laughs> Because um, I haven't discovered very many Christian yeah. books that little kids want to read, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so um, help for the hungry soul, the book um, that that's about to be released. You um, you say it's there's interactive parts to it. You give like it's more mm-hmm. than just uh, chapters, and and there, there's more features to it, such as uh, testimonies too. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of every chapter is a story of, um, of someone wrestling with hunger. Can you share any of those? Relying on the... Yeah, I, w- I would love to. I, I chose uh, one of my favorites. It's actually written by a pastor in our church. Um, do you just want me to read it? Would that be an encouragement? Sure. Okay. Uh, so he said, for many years, I've been a leader in the church. In middle and high school, I led worship and sought to study God's word with my peers. In college, I was glad to lead Bible studies and serve students. And for the past 10 years, I've been a pastor whose joy it is to love God's people and preach. Mm. 
When I was in seminary, however, there was a season when I simply didn't desire the Bible. I wasn't eager to read it. I wasn't excited to study it. I had no delight in it and I had lost my appetite, which was quite alarming. I was studying to be a pastor. How could I hope to lead people with the Bible if I myself was apathetic mm. toward it? I felt like a hypocrite, but I didn't know what to do. I knew that I should delight in God's word, that it was good to hunger for it, but my heart just wasn't coming along. So what did I do? I decided that I was going to read my Bible anyway. I didn't feel like reading it, but I knew that my life would shrivel up and die and that I would be forfeiting the blessing of God if I continued to neglect it. Mm. So, and I love this part, he says, I dragged my heart along mm. and prayed that the Lord would help me grow to love his word. And you know what I noticed? Over time, my heart didn't have to be dragged anymore. Mm. As I forced myself to read it, I found myself beginning to delight in it, to crave it. God's word created a hunger for itself. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's great. That's great. That's cool that you got some personal testimonies in there too. I know people love stories, like real stories and stuff. And then for mm -hmm. someone like that to be willing to share, you know, something that is, you know, very serious, but going to be very helpful. I mean, it's going to be mm -hmm. very, I mean, it's helpful yeah. for me just to hear that. You know, to know that, you know, when, when we're going through things in life, one of the other great things about community is if you're willing to share what's going on in life, if you're really mm -hmm. being discipled, you'll mm -hmm. find that other people, you know, have gone or maybe are going through the yeah, same things. Yeah. And there's comfort. There's yeah. things that people have done that God has used, helped them overcome. And that's really the main means in which I've been able to grow and get over things when I've been challenged with whether it be personal sin in my life, whether it be temptations in my life is that hearing the stories of other people that have kind of been there and done that. Mm -hmm. And it just encourages, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I've missed from being in uh, church in prison versus being in church out of prison is it's a different context, but it still could be, it still could be the same is hearing the testimonies, you know, every, at, at different church mm -hmm. services in prison, the the people that came in would allow, you know, maybe 10 minutes for a person or two to come up and just share, a, you know, two or three minute personal testimony and not, not a coming to Jesus testimony per se, although we had those, but just a testimony of maybe a sin or something the person's been going through and then share how the Lord brought them through it. It would just be like, man, like that stuff, mm -hmm. those were mm -hmm. so, those were instrumental times in my walk with Christ that really helped me get over the hump. And sometimes it was stories that weren't relatable at the time, but sure enough, as you live the Christian life long enough, you're going to encounter those things. And so I could go back and remember the person. I can remember so many details about those stories mm -hmm. that helped me overcome those things in the future. So it's mm -hmm. great to have those, you know, so stories cool. in a book. Yeah. yeah it's, it's powerful and very helpful. And that's something that I miss. You know, I love the, be a part of a church that valued the testimonies of what God, because we know God is working in people's lives, mm -hmm. but where do people get to share that? Mm -hmm. And it's such a, like a lost thing to me in a world of Christendom is to have an outlet and, and a small group is an outlet. Everybody's not in a small group. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just a thing yeah. that's missing to me. And, and oftentimes Christians and churches do a lot of things for the sake of Christian optics especially people mm. in ministry. And so having mm -hmm. a, a book like yours uh, laid out the way it is with the 
eight encouragements that it has along with the testimonies, I, I think gives people the, um, uh, the freedom, the permission to be real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because you're acknowledging like, yeah, um, there's a struggle there. And, and sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you make this ideal that's unrealistic and there's this false guilt as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. And so like the power of what you're doing is, uh, helping people uh, create a safe space to help people to say, this is a struggle for me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have it together. And yeah. when, when we just do things for Christian optics, it's, you just so, you get so out of touch with who you are. Like yeah. it's, it's okay for you to not want to read God's word in the sense that just admit it. Don't pretend like you do yeah. want to read yep. it. That makes it even worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And another thing you mentioned too, that probably, is the highlight of everything for me is when you talked about going to your ladies group and sharing and them encouraging you mm-hmm. and reading scripture and praying for you because, you know, just being a, a, I say a general Christian or a lay person, just a regular person that's in Christ going to church. It's already like difficult for people to want to share something personal that they're mm-hmm. going through with the group or with even one person. But then mm-hmm. you add layers to it as you kind of are, doing things in the church. Maybe you're serving at a high capacity at a church. Maybe you're on staff at a church. Maybe you're a pastor's wife. Maybe you're a pastor. So it's not a gender thing, but each of these levels or stages, people can somewhat feel, I can't share these things because people have this expectation of me that if I Mm -hmm. do one, they're going to look at me a certain type of way. And two, they may like stop coming to church because Mm -hmm. of me. And so mm-hmm. for you to be brave enough mm-hmm. to go to a group, just to me, that's a powerful mm-hmm. thing by it you is. saying that. And I know that people that listen mm-hmm. to this, that's going to be a, mm-hmm. a big takeaway that you were brave enough to step out in faith and and to have some uh, uh, vulnerability, you know, vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. but knowing that they're not going to just go share this stuff all over the place too, right? Because right. you need that safe place to go to. But that's the first thing person, you need a safe place, mm-hmm. you know, to confide mm-hmm. in with, with brothers and sisters. But but get that stuff out there, man. Mm-hmm. You got to get it out there. You you know, for, for leaders in a church, whether you're on staff or not, if you're a leader, like you're still a human. Mm-hmm. And people yes. in the church need Amen. people in the church need to know that the regular congregants. But also mm-hmm. like they need to be there to be helping us go through these things like we need to help each other. You know, really, mm-hmm. it's just a different gift. Right. I'm not sure. Who's who it's better for when you're vulnerable, if it's better for the congregation or if it's better for you yourself? I'm going to say the congregation mm. gives my vote. I don't know. <laughs> I would say I think it's definitely I would good say for the both. leader might get my vote. Well, I mean, it's good for both. Yeah. But but to me, the, the leader the goes first because yeah. you're the leader. The point is, it's, it's good for a leader's soul to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. I think for the sheep, per se, to call the regular sheep, right? Mm-hmm. Sheep need to be led. And when the leaders aren't leading in this way, then it's not leading them to then do the thing that you should be leading them to do, Mm -hmm. which is to be Mm -hmm. vulnerable and share some things that you're going through so you can get some prayer and get some advice Mm -hmm. to get some scripture read to you. Because just just because you're the preacher or lead pastor at whatever big, medium or small church, you're still a human and you don't know everything and you ain't got everything figured out in life. That's right. Period. Well said. Amen. So, and I know this because I know me, right? It's not about me knowing nobody else, but knowing me and how much I need this stuff. I need it, man. Mm-hmm. Can't survive without it. So Kristen, That's where right. can people go to learn uh, more about you? 
Yeah, that would be my website, kristenweatherall.com. Okay. Wow, nice. Got a website. That's cool. That's cool. And we'll uh, we'll attach that to our show notes uh, for we everyone, will. and they we can, will they can see um, some some of our other books and what she's up to. Yeah, and so as we wind down, Kristen, what we um, do is for the guests, we say, hey, if you have a last word, a last whatever whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. lastly, to leave our listener with, and then Sam, he'll do the same if he has something in me too. So, man, if you if you have anything you'd like to leave um, a listener with um, here's your chance. Or if it's something that you, we didn't talk about that you wanted to say now's the time. Oh, wow. Thanks. Well, I mean, I think I would be remiss if I didn't just speak the gospel to the listeners. Right. Cause the reality is we're not reading this book in order to be good before God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what we're doing. The reality is that the word became flesh mm and dwelt among us. So, so God's son actually came down to us. We're not working our way to God. He came down to us in order to bear the penalty for our sin, for our lack of hunger, our turning away from God, our rebellion against his words, our inability and, and, and lack of desire to listen to him. Mm-hmm. He bore the, the penalty for all of that, even though he was the perfect one who listened perfectly. <laughs> And he did it all to save us and to rescue us and to actually give us the eyes. You know, the Bible talks about the eyes of our hearts to give us the eyes to see in scripture, his glory, Mm. his beautiful glory. Mm. Um, And so for those who put their trust in Christ, I mean, not only are you rescued forever in heaven, but you get to start that walk with him now and you get to open this book and you actually get to see his glory through words on printed, you know, pieces of paper it's just, it's incredible. It's an incredible mm. joy. Amen. And Jesus purchased that privilege for you mm. uh, when you take hold of him by faith. Um, so that's what I would, that's what I would that's leave right. with the listeners. That word. Thank you. That's great. Sam. I'll take it from there and uh, say that Athanasius said, uh, God became human so that humans could become God so that we could become divine partakers of the divine nature. And for me, reading the Bible is, is, uh, and I and I'm learning this, you know, slowly. It's like Kristen said, it's not just about uh, reading words or checking things off. It's not just about that habit. But when you keep what Athanasius and the Bible says in mind, it's about us partaking in the divine nature. And no amount of Bible reading schedule or any of that will make that happen. That's something that 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 God does mm-hmm. in us. And so every time we read, we're sometime we're somehow. Uh, slowly translating up to that. And that's a mysterious thing, a beautiful thing. But again, the goal is not just to read to get head knowledge, but it's to uh, enflesh or incarnate, again, the Word of God into our life Mm, and into our eternity. That's right. So much more. Amen. And I would just say, just to even piggyback on that, like, no matter how much or how little you read the Bible, how often what your place looks like, Read it, but just as important mm-hmm. as you read it, like incorporate it into your life. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. if it just stays in the head and doesn't go to the heart and then come out through the hands and the feet, then what's it all for? Then what's right. it all yep. for? So I always, yep. I always have a funny joke. Maybe people not, might not find it funny, but it's like being oh, pregnant boy. with the word, but not having the baby. <laughs> you know, put it in you and get it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't uh, just get yeah. pregnant with a bunch of knowledge. But like, let's yeah, let's live absolutely. that out. Let's share it. Let's walk it. Let's talk yep. it. Let's do it. So, yep. 
man, Chris, man, it's, it's been a blessing, man. Tell my brother Brad I said what's up when you see him. I sure I haven't will. Seen him in a while. Sure We're gonna have to try to grab a lunch or something like that. But man, it's been a blessing getting a chance to spend some time with you to learn about your book and the way God has gifted you through writing and thinking mm-hmm. in your heart that you have for him. And so I know without a doubt that our listeners will be mm-hmm. blessed by you. And so if you've heard, listen to heard, listen to this today, and you just think, wow, this this sister, this young sister, she got it going on. Mm-hmm. Man, then pass it along to others. You know, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can check our, check our YouTube channel, our bumper sticker faith. If you want to email us, if you want to ask us questions, if it's something you heard that you're not clear on, or you want to chastise us for something, you can reach us at bumperstickerfaith at gmail.com. But Man, it's been a blessing being with you again, Kristen. Again, thank you so much. My brother Sam, Mm -hmm. it's always good being with you. And so, y'all, hey, have a good rest of the week until we meet you again. Don't go stepping in no. Yes. All right, peace. Peace.